Hello, 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 and welcome. This, my friends, is the Inspire the Vibe podcast, a place to discover and share the compelling and unique stories of business owners like you. Each week, we discuss ways you can build a brand you're proud of, communicate clearly, and grow your business. Our hope is, by the end of every episode, that you'll feel inspired and encouraged to reach for the stars with your business. This week, we sit down with talent strategist and coach Shauna Reed from Influent. Shauna's mission is to help executives and leaders reduce their people problems and build teams who drive their company's mission forward. If you want to work in or create a company culture that attracts and retains top talent while working towards a common goal, then this episode is for you. So let's start getting the results that you want out of your marketing, business, and life. Now, here are your hosts, Inspired co-founders, Amber and Kristen. If you're an employer, you probably don't need studies or statistics to tell you that our country is in the midst of what a lot of people are calling the great resignation. But if you need official confirmation, today our guests, we're going to talk to someone who can officially confirm that it exists, that it's actually happening. So in the months of April, April, May, and June of this year alone, 11.5 million people quit their jobs. And over half of the people who are still employed are actively seeking new opportunities. So I think the thing that concerns all of us as employers or leaders of organizations who oversee a team of people, we're all wondering, could our employees be looking for something new? And I think then where our mind goes is, could our best employees be looking for something new? So if we want our employees to stick around, or if we're someone who's employed, but you're maybe thinking of walking away from your job, you're going to love today's guest. She's a talent strategist and coach who schools leaders and executives on both corporate culture and performance. Everyone, please welcome our dear friend and wildly talented woman, Influence Shauna Reed. Hi, Shauna. Hello. Thank you, Amber. That was wonderful. And hi, Kristen. It's great to be a part of this. Hi, Shauna. Thanks for joining us. So Shauna, why are people handing in their notice? Why? You know, it's funny that that question, even before 2020 and now 2021, was really the reason why I pivoted from my 20 years in the insurance and broker benefit uh, industry over to what we're doing. Um, It's because I don't think the answer has changed. It's just become so prevalent after what we've gone through in 2020. And the answer is um, people wanna feel connected. They need to feel connected to not only what they're doing, absolutely where they're doing it. And I think when we, excuse me, when we think about why people um, ever feel valued or not valued in a a role, in a relationship, whatever it may be, it's usually what what am I having to give? What do I feel like the output is? And what am I getting back? And that creates that value metric, whether it's how much you pay for something, is it not the price, it's what you're gonna get out of it, the enjoyment, the whatever it is. So it's the same thing with people. And I think that we are um, specifically now finding that people coming off of 2020, there were so many things. Uh, one interesting article I read recently from McKinsey was talking about some people are, are grieving. And we think of grieving in terms of, you know, maybe they lost a loved one to COVID, which is possible. But I mean, even, you know, um, with all of the things that happened uh, with racial um, upheavals and and just the realization of what we all went through in everything, Mm -hmm. um, there's grieving. And so people have a different level set of what they consider value to them in the place they work and where they want to spend their time. And I think we're just seeing that on a heightened level because there's some normal coming back. So people are saying, okay, where they're, they're taking stock. And that's where I have seen where the, the fundamentals that have always been true have been just escalated over the last six to nine months. Wow. Yeah. I mean, 
that's, that's really deep actually, you know, and maybe much deeper than people are really thinking because they're just getting up and they're doing what they've got to do to make their business continue to run. Um, and some, some businesses to try to keep them afloat. Um, and so, but, but let's think about this. What do you think and based on, because you live, eat and breathe this data, um, what do employees want? What do most employees want? Can we answer that question? You can. Um, it'll be different for everyone if you wanted to really dig in. And I think what uh, what employees really want, <clears throat> excuse me, they really want to be heard. They want to be understood. Um, and that means something different for everyone. You know, uh, if you are um, an African-American male, female, you know, person of color of, you know, Asian descent, what you want to be heard might be completely different. Maybe what you need as a recoup and an understanding from last year is different than someone else. But at the end of the day, um, just for every, you know, person out there in their job, they have, they just realize that if they don't feel connected to why they're putting in the time or that they are appreciated in a way that makes it feel like even as depleted as we all got in the last year, that there's a place that I feel like what I'm bringing to the table is appreciated. I feel like I'm using the best of myself. And because of that, I will give and I will, I will kind of trudge through, right? It's the reason why as parents, we go through things and we keep going because, it's worth it. Whatever it is, it's worth it. People are looking for that same kind of connection to the people they work with, to the organization that they work with. I think that's the other thing we saw is organizations kind of having to step up to say, I either care enough to acknowledge, be different, whatever that may look like, or I'm just going to stay silent and hope that this all goes away. And that's just not where we're at anymore. And I think that you're finding people really reevaluating and looking for where do they fit and do you understand the value they bring? Mm. You know, when I was coming up through my career in leadership and I had so many mentors and, and I often heard the same thing that we would ask people that, that they taught me to ask people or taught me to ask myself, do the people have the tools that they need to be successful and what's different 20 years later of leading teams is now I feel like the question is, what do we need to do right now to make employees happy? So Shauna, do you have, you know, speaking to listeners who are running businesses or even just, you know, running teams, um, what do we need to do right now to make employees happen? You just talked about purpose and be heard. And that sounds like something that they want, but is there anything else that we can be fo focusing on from a leadership perspective on employee happiness? Maybe practice. Yeah, I mean, I think it, yeah, I think it's actually simpler than, than even we like to make it because we, <clears throat> we want to think that that's sometimes people think that's a little touchy feeling or whatever, but if you really think about it, whether you're again, take it to, if you're just talking about a personal relationship that you have and everyone has one, whether it's family, friends, spouse, you know what it's like to feel like what you think, how you feel, what you bring to the table is not only known, so it's got to be acknowledged, but it actually is appreciated. And it's it's uniquely you being a part of that. Um, the happiness piece, I think that that's going to be fleeting, right? I don't think that everyone is looking for happiness all the time, especially in a, in a job. What I will say is that if it's the employers who are not willing to stop and look and say, do we have a, a, me a mechanism or a, a, a way that we have enabled 
um, voices to be heard, but have we asked the right questions? Are we even gauging what's going on? You know, we've been so busy and unfortunately we, we hear the word burnout a lot, but it's very, uh, it's very prevalent. But one of the things that was very interesting before we started all talking about the great recession or resignation or whatever you want to call, um, I'm sorry. Yeah. Retention is the new thing they want to find. How do you retain, uh, retain is what I meant. But before we talked about that, a lot of people said, what do we do about burnout and who's affected? Believe it or not, the most affected people in an organization were not at the top. They were actually middle management because they were being squeezed in so many areas. And so when you look at that, if we're not investing in finding out what do those people need, because as you know, if you've ever worked for anyone in your life, uh, there's usually about four main forces of disengagement for anybody. It's either the job, maybe the job I started with isn't the job I'm doing now. Maybe it's my manager who, again, maybe burnt out and doesn't feel like they've got more to give. So I'm kind of getting the least they can, they can offer me. Um, it can be the culture, or just the organization has shifted, changed, isn't in touch with it. Um, and then obviously it can just be that, you know, I, I, I can't seem to have that peer-to-peer -peer relationship that I, that I really crave. And so I'm, I'm feeling isolated. So I don't think it's a question of, can we make everyone happy? I don't think that's the goal. I think it's, can we hear what they think they need to feel connected? What is their why? Kind of going back to that again. And I do believe that employers can do that in a way that is not so overbearing that it takes them off course where they want. But I do feel like we need to re recognize that that reset probably needs to happen for us to retain our best talent and for us to really get them moving forward and giving us that, that level of effort and productivity and motivation that we, we can inspire every day. So it needs to be connected at a deeper level for them. Or on, unfortunately, you probably will find this churn that's gonna continue. This is a perfect segue into talking about what you do. And I want to preface this by saying, when I first heard about what you did before I fully understood it, I didn't, I didn't get it. I thought, okay, so what are we doing? Are we doing surveys about, you know, on a scale of one to five, how happy are you with your job? And what I realized and what I think is really, really important to talk about in the aspect of what you do, because I'm sure that's a, that's a big, broad question is that traditionally leadership before companies and the processes that you, that you offer the systems and services that you offer as leaders, we were only as good as our rather subjective experience. We're having all of my filters, all of my own psychology, my personality style, my communication style. That was how I gauged whether or not I had an engaged, happy, fulfilled work, you know, workforce, like a team around me. So when, after talking to you, I realized that it's not, it doesn't need to be subjective anymore. And it almost, you know, if we look at like the, the way that leadership has always been, it was again, just based upon like my gut feeling, like, is that person really happy? And maybe I try to have a conversation with them and maybe I think the conversation went great, but in reality, they think the conversation went awful and they're ready to go look for another job. So I really want to make sure that we cover in what you do how the services that you provide are the next level of leadership in companies. This is the next level of employee retention. And I also believe in building successful teams, just in understanding where people should be in what role. So with that, Shana, how do you, now that we've talked about this great problem, um, how do you and Influent work to solve it? Yeah. Thank you for, uh, for asking that. So you're right. I mean, it's, it's so interesting because I would say that in my career before, when I worked for other people, I, I had gone through, I was lucky enough, honestly, fortunate enough to have been chosen to go through leadership training or have a 360 review done on me. And, but a lot of times I found myself going, 
okay, so now I know more about me, but I don't know what to do with this. And I don't know any more about the team around me. I know how they maybe didn't understand what I meant when I said this or what I, you know, so I feel like there's just, and it's a lot of times these, um, when you go take an assessment or you have these surveys done, or you go through a 360, which man, you got to be strong because you're going to get some good feedback there. And Um, and I I just want to say like assessments, like just so everybody says I've done those it's disc it's gems, it's Myers-Briggs. Everybody listening has done one of those, right? Absolutely. So thank you for, yes, a behavioral profile of some sort. You've done Uh some sort of behavior assessment and I've done many of them in in my lifetime. Um, Specifically, you know, the one, the way that we've chosen to do it is we looked and said, how do we take information, not just for information's sake. So I get this data, right? I get this information about myself. Number one, if it was a really long assessment, like most of the ones you just mentioned, there's a point where I probably started phoning it in, to be quite honest. I'm like, A, B, sure, somewhat. You just kind of like, I can't do this. So when we chose a tool, we chose one that literally you almost go, oh, geez, it's already done. That was fast. Like I almost wonder if I did it wrong because it was so quick. But what's interesting about it is that it's so simplistic so to the point and the information you get is good information but the whole point of it is what do you do with it and i think to your point people need to be self-aware and that's wonderful it that needs to be simplified it also needs to be okay so now that you know you and you know how not only you are and what those maybe superpowers that you possess are and how you can lean in to those as much as possible to get enjoyment and energy out of what you do but hey let's look at the people around you what do you know about them? Do you understand the same thing about you exists in someone else and their behavioral drives are just as much a part of who they are and why they show up the way they do. When you don't know that you take a behavior that you see and you create an entire backstory for this person to your point, Amber, based on what your lens is, what your experience has been. You know, we assume that when we see someone at a Starbucks, they needed coffee, but maybe they're there to meet someone and they don't drink coffee at all. Like I'm, I'm using simplistic, but truly we look at behaviors and we, we create assumptions. This kind of takes that out of there. And I think it needs to be available to everyone in the organization. Very important with leaders. So leaders need, we work really closely with managers, just people in a leadership role. So they can be coached on how to be, to take what they're good at but also what they're not and understand how they can apply um, ways to be kind of a give get with someone. One of the things I told someone before I was working with a manager and she said, you know, I know I need to I need to not do this anymore. I need to be more like this. And I said, you know, actually that's not the way this works. This is not a be less you to accommodate mm-hmm. everyone else. But it does say, if you actually knew there was a way that you could both get what you want. So for the example you said about communication, I'm a stream of consciousness, say what I'm thinking, bounce it off the wall, even though this, you know, half baked, that's how I like to do it. So I might assume that someone I'm talking to is completely cool with that. So I do my thing and I walk up to them and start, you know, throwing out words. And then I ask them to do the same. Little do I know, perhaps that maybe there's someone who really likes to think through things and be able to come up with something that feels very uh, fully baked actually, you know? And so I've, I've, I've taken away the opportunity to maybe get the best information I need out of this person where I can just say, now that I do understand that you can communicate this way. And I naturally communicate this way. How about if I come, we meet in the middle. I know that I really want to hear what you have to say. I do want to be able to talk through ideas. That's how I process. So why don't we find some time this afternoon to meet and we can both get what we want. I mean, these are the types of little nuance changes once you everyone not just you as a manager but everyone on your team better knows themselves they can unapologetically lean into that but also know where they're going to need to maybe give you a heads up or vice versa so the communication can get better and i really will tell you that just that little bit of understanding of yourself and someone else getting you to 
we're already so close now to the thing where you said where people want to be heard. It's not just, I want to say stuff. I want you to hear me. It's understand when I don't want to say something, why that is. Mm -hmm. One of the things that impressed me the most about the whole process was building teams. I think historically, I know I've done it where I build a team and I go, well, they're about the same age and they seem like the per- same personality style. And so they seem like they'd be good teammates, but it, it could literally be, you know, putting fire and ice <laughs> together and their interactions. And so really understanding personality styles and that then you also, when building those teams really give good information on who it's not up to me. It's not up to my subjective Amber filter. It's instead, it's actually science-based it's here's and it's a percentage base you give these percentages on what what you could see as far as success looks like when you put these groups together so and and i i don't know i know our listeners if they're anything like me they they learn a lot and understand a lot by stories and anecdotes right so give us an example of like, well, the question is when should someone reach out to you, but kind of give us an example of a company that you've worked with, where you said, here was the scenario. This is when they reached out. And this is what has been the result of that kind of given everything we've talked about into an example. Yeah, no, that's great. I agree. Um, Stories are the way to go. Uh, So the most recent one, and this will talk more to the team thing you just brought up, and then I'll give you one other quick example about even ones on pre-hire that it's been interesting. So um, recently- the pre-hire stuff is some of my favorite. It it, it really is. The money lost and when you hire the wrong person and you spent time. Yeah, sorry. I just got really excited. No, but and right now that's very important because, you know, knowing that there's a lot of companies who are hiring because they need to like ramp up again and knowing that there's going to be some attrition this is a very important subject. So I, I actually have, you know, group, I have clients that have come on board. They, they really are just interested in hiring. They finally realize that there's something else to keep them, right? So that, that is where that gets a little interesting. But on this one example, it was actually people coming in. Um, it was a local organization who I had actually just worked with some of their team over, you know, in my past. And was as I was talking to them, they're saying, you know, we've got these different like multi-generational um, hybrid workforce that's happened over 2020. Some people have never actually met in person. Um, they definitely have different ways of thinking, doing things. And we want to bring them in when it was finally safe to do so. I'm going to bring them in and kind of do a team building, but we want it to mean something. So what we actually did is we created this team. Um, they actually broke them up into three different teams. So we did basically this workshop that was for three different groups. But ahead of time, we did that thing I talked about. We did the assessment. We really went through and, and people got to really have that self uh, that self-awareness that they got to do just one-on-one. And every time I get, right before I get off the Zoom with each one, they'd say, now, are we going to go over this stuff? Because I'd really like to hear what my other teammates are. Like they actually wanted to know and they wanted other people to know them. So fast forward, we go into this. And one of the amazing parts of it is in a portion of this, we brought up, you could see it visually. Now we had the entire team plotted out on this on these quadrants and you could see um, as it relates to the type of work. So it's not the quadrant when you think disc or some of those, it's literally like, think of the quadrants as a world of work, the types of work we are good at or the things that we're asked to do in our job. And it plotted people out based on their personalities and their behavioral types. And when, you, when people saw it visually, they really saw, they started laughing, but we went through and each person got to learn just highlights about, you know, we would highlight each person. And then we'd actually have people going around saying, you know, where have you seen that in when you work with this person, these traits have really been beneficial. It was amazing to watch people actually get into the mindset of someone that maybe normally drives them nuts. But in this moment, they were like, yeah, that is so you, you know, this has been really good when we worked on this client together, when we did this thing. And so you watch this and I would let it go as long as it took. 
And it was the best part. But what was really cool too, is you'd have these outliers, right? So you have these teams where maybe they naturally all kind of, like you said, if you were to pick the or you would have put them together because they seem to be same age group or same type of personalities, yeah. which what they didn't realize was when we looked at the strategies that they all needed to go after, sometimes these little, um, we called them, uh, uh, what do I go? I'm sorry, I'm totally losing my words. We call them uh, team balancers, apologize. They, they have someone that was really out there. And as we talked about how needed they were and how unique what they brought to this team was, you really found that people are like, oh my gosh, you're right. I'm so thankful that we have this person who actually normally felt like they were kind of the wet blanket of the group or they weren't necessarily, they weren't sure why it didn't naturally fit. But after going through this process, they really saw, and a few of them actually said, so when we hire someone, should we find a way to fill some of these gaps that we don't have? It got them thinking, don't hire more people like us, hire people who bring skill sets that we don't naturally have here so we can become a more full, robust team. And I just thought that the visual of that and the, the realization of it made people feel, again, heard and understood but they were actually thinking they would seek out people unlike themselves in the future to make this picture look more complete. Wow. It's so powerful because what that means is that every single role, every single need within a business, there's someone who's perfectly suited for that role or that need. And mm -hmm. so from the business perspective, you're fulfilling what you need to make your business successful, to move forward. But then from the employee perspective, they get to fulfill their gifts and talents. So everybody wins, you know, it's, it's so powerful to actually realize that I know Amber and I have learned so much just from doing the assessment. I mean, one big thing was, it was a confirmation. I mean, we've known each other for over 20 years, so we can tell you right now, and we can tell anybody listening, this works like the assessment. It's, it's, it's actually very accurate <laughs> what it, and it is, it's very short. And I remember Amber was like, that's it. Like <laughs> I finished about, I'm not sure if that was the whole thing or how <laughs> right. did they, but then what you came back with was so accurate for both of us. And it was just confirming. And also like, it, it's really good. Like you may know these things subconsciously about each other, but, um, and we work together every single day. We, we rely on each other. We call each other the puzzle pieces. Um, we can, we're better together. We absolutely are. Um, but, but, but actually, you know, having these things on paper and just acknowledging them out loud, it's really helped us to be intentional about, about recognizing them in day-to-day -day interactions and being sensitive to certain things. I'm that person who will walk up to you with a half-baked thought or idea or vision and just, you know, just let it out. <laughs> That's going to come across great to the podcast listeners. Um, but, um, you know, Amber, Amber usually receives that, but I have to be sensitive to not everybody, you know, is, is like ready at any time of day to just receive your, you know, word dump, you know, your thought dump. <laughs> and sometimes it's good for me to intentionally sort through that idea or thought. I love your big smile right now. Cause I guess you can relate, but you know, to sort through that, that thought or idea first, and then kind of bake it a little bit more just to be kind to her. <laughs> But she's yes. so patient with me and she just, she lets me do it all the time. But if she did that to me, I'd probably get overwhelmed. Like, <laughs> like receiving it is different. So we, you know, that's just one example of how I per personally learned, um, to be a better partner with her. Um, but I, the, this whole thing about company culture, I want to talk about that for a minute, because I think that's a lot of people don't know what does that even mean? You know, what, it, what is company culture and can you be intentional about that? Can it form on its own? 
can it take, you know, a, a form of its own and get out of control? And how do you, so how do you talk about company culture to your clients? Yeah, that's a really great question. Um, so yes, everyone has a, a company culture, whether you did it on purpose or not. So to your point, does it, can it sometimes just get a life of its own and be, um, you know, be unintentional and not what you'd hoped for? Absolutely. That's why you have to be intentional. Uh, the, other, the other saying I've heard before, which I thought was so interesting, is he said, your, co- your company culture is not what you as the owner or the whatever think it is. It's what your employees think it is. So you can say, no, this is what, this is the way we are. And then all your employees, when, when asked are like, "Mm, not really. Um, And then that's really the truth of it. What I do think about culture is that um, it, you know, a lot of people will say, it's funny because Robin, he goes, is it, you know, ping pong tables and, you know, all this, so all the things that in the tech company showed us like, oh, it went yeah. with Google because everything's free. And, yeah. um, and there was obviously an offset to all of that. And so I would tell you that, that I think thankfully we've come back from that being the thing. Um, there are nice little um, things that you can do if you are in a specific industry and you feel like that's going to really help someone in a busy season. Those are great. People appreciate that, but absolutely no one has ever stayed um, at a company because they, had these little perks, food in the break room that was free. Like, that's just not the thing. Like we said, the, the, the issues that we have going on, the way that people are trying to evaluate what's important to them, especially after so many people staying home when they never had worked from home before, some understanding that that's never something you want to do and others saying, I kind of need that as, as, as an option for my life. This is, I found these things about me that have really worked. Um, to that point, you brought up something before uh, Amber and then Kristen, you said the same thing. When you talked about hiring, just going to tell you one of the things about culture. So um, if you're thinking about what a job title is, so I'll give you this great example. It's a quick little story, wonderful organization, nonprofit that we work with. And they were hiring because they're actually, they um, are a facility uh, of with residents that have um, developmental disabilities. So they're adults and they need a place to kind of like, they, they can really get all the things they need. So in this organization, they need a chef, someone on, on site full-time that can, uh, that can do what they, what they need for their residents. But what they were finding is they were really, before we started working with them, churning through chefs like you couldn't believe. Um, and the funny thing is when you think of a chef, you think of the basic qualifications that would be needed. But being a chef in a restaurant, you know, in an Arcadia is not the same as working with residents with, you know, developmental disorders. And so what we are finding is it's, it's not about the title. It's not even about the resume. Qualifications are great, but the whole person comes. And what we found is when we built these job targets, as we called them in the system, it was really looking at, it said, take what their resume, you're going to look at that. You're going to interview this person. You're going to make sure that they actually fit that. What kind of person is going to be good at this organization in this role for everyone they're going to be around and serve. And that does change. That changes very dramatically from place to place. So when we went through and we actually built this with this um, with this organization, they actually ended up hiring somebody who has not only been there for multiple years now and has been very successful to give you that the kind of cool thing. So the 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 need, right, for as a chef is to make sure it's nutritious, make sure it's healthy and that they can get it out there. This particular chef that got brought in after we went through this process um, actually didn't just bring in like, here's your, here's your bowl of fruit. He actually gathered all the residents around, showed them how they could make animals out of fruit. So they actually had this engaging, exciting thing. And that person who would do that probably doesn't want the job, um, you know, you know, in the, in the finest restaurant or in, so that was where the disconnect was. It was not just looking at a portion of the person, which is whatever we put in one meeting, one, you know, resume, that's it. Your whole person shows up. So it's finding out what kind of person do you and your organization 
what do you need for that position? It is not just going to be seen on a resume. So I would tell you that also helps develop your culture. When you really look at the expectation of the type of person you want, this just gives you extra data to make sure that what you think you see is really what you're looking for. So that's your number one way to be intentional about your culture is really looking at who you're hiring and that they're right for that role. Um, what would be another way to be intentional about your culture? I'm sorry, I just want to expand on this a little bit more. It's so good. Yeah, no, I, and so I would say if we're talking about obviously on new hires, that's how you make sure you get the right people in. Um, what I think is very interesting is, you know, again, culture is something I think is very dynamic. It constantly moves. And so if you find that your culture, the biggest thing I'm hearing on culture these days is, um, is there a lot, is there trust? Do people trust? Do they trust leadership? Do they trust their peers? Do they trust their direct management? And all of those things really, a lot of times, um, sometimes you just have bad apples and you just kind of need to, you know, weed those out. But a lot of times, if you have good people, especially ones who are happy to be there, it's that communication piece. So a lot of times to build that culture, again, if I if you've invested as an organization that I'm going to get an opportunity to learn more about me. So I can not only know why I do what I do, but how I can figure out to, is there a way that I can do more of what I'm good at. So I, I actually feel energized versus drained when I'm done with whatever it is. Now all of a sudden I'm bringing a different energy to, to the, to the um, party. Right. And so if, if managers have that ability, if everyone, again, top down, gets that opportunity, not just a few leadership people, and then they hopefully take it to somebody when we see it get permeated from the top to the bottom, even just either A, asking the question through a maybe a survey, if you've never done an engagement survey, never ask questions you don't want the answers to. But if you really want to know and you're willing to be transparent about it and address the things that you think are most important based on this feedback, immediately the trust starts to increase because they think, okay, you asked me. Now you're going to tell me what everyone said, and you're going to tell me what we're doing to try to fix it. These little tiny uh, bits of opportunities to really communicate effectively and, again, to be trust, uh, transparent, we find that trust factor starts to go up. Everyone's attitude comes in a little different, and you slowly get this culture shift that you didn't even realize was so attainable before you started. It's really not about ping pong tables and, and free food. Yeah. And I would say with even our culture, one of the things that we do in Inspire, because we're all virtual and we're a newer team. I mean, Kristen and I have worked together, but you know, the team is fairly new still that I guess we would say that we're very vocal about our culture. So one of the, an example of that is in a creative environment, like a marketing and branding company <laughs> that, and even on the event side, it's, it's that the only way that that the best, the best end result gets out there is by multiple people giving feedback, right? So that we have in our part of our creative culture is we're very feedback centric. We always get external feedback, right? We get feedback from people on social media, or we get feedback from clients, but we also, not only do we say it, but we promote and embody a very big internal feedback loop. We wanted people giving that feedback to each other. So just to kind of bring this full circle, Shaunas, just if in the face of this great resignation and retention that we're all facing as employers, and that does cause a lot of fear and concern in us, if you were just going to say, if you were going to give some advice to people listening who are worried about this, what is one or even two things that you would recommend people do to, to that that's that first action that they can take that first step, right? Because this is a, this is pretty overwhelming. This is pretty big stuff. And 
at the end of the day, we're all very, very busy running our organizations and running the teams that we, that we lead. So what is one or two of those kind of first initial steps that somebody could take? Um, it's a great question. So one of the things that's pretty awesome that we, we started doing in 2020 and have really picked up a lot more in 2021 is we even offer just like a one-on-one -on -one, uh, consultation with leaders. So it can be, you know, the top of the company, it can just be someone who has a team and even just willing to say, Hey, you know what, let's just, let's just maybe you have five people that you work that works on your team, whatever it may be. Let's like, let's do a quick, again, we told you it was a very quick assessment. It takes about six minutes. Um, let's get your team, just get their assessment. Then we sit with that leader and one-on-one, -on -one, we kind of show them where everyone lies, where it's at. So they can really look at it and say, does this seem to resonate? What would you do with this information if you had it? And it's a really easy way for them to just get a visual and understand what's possible because a lot of times it seems big because you think you got to start with everything, but you don't. Sometimes you really literally just need to start with one leader, one team, look at it, see what you've got, and then really see that it's 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 so manageable once you kind of say, what's the most important thing about what we know about this team? Um, and, and we do, that varies a little bit because some people, it may be that they need to grow the team. So that's what they want to know and they want to make sure the dynamics right. Others have maybe dysfunction going on and they're like, how do we fix it? What do we need to do? So it really, the answer besides that goes a little deeper and goes in there, but it can really be a very easy um, you don't have to sign your life away. It doesn't have to be this big thing. It can truly be something that just a leader can get a preview of because I know if I'm a leader and I'm making sure that I don't, I want to feel very confident about what I'm looking at before I'm going and telling everyone about it or that I'm promising I can do anything to change it. Um, but that's usually the first thing is there's got to be some awareness and not only as a leader of who you are, but who your team is. So you understand what could be what small changes could possibly be made to make this thing a little more cohesive or as you're building on it, we don't want to make a wrong move and bring in the person that just blows everything up. These are the things, but it does start with just that data, that self-awareness, and maybe a little bit of a conversation to understand what you're looking at. This is so good. And thank you so much for coming on here and talking to us and to the listener out there. Like I just, what's, what's just like bursting at the seams in my mind is that, you know, your business is not brick and mortar your business, it's your people. It's 100% your people. And we are just, uh, exploding with gratitude for the people that we have. And I'm sure that, you know, the businesses out there, the owners out there, the leadership out there that they feel the same, but sometimes you just get so busy in the day to day that maybe you don't realize that these things really need to be taken, um, that you need to give time to them and take a look at them. And I'm so, I've told you this before, Shauna, we are so grateful that you guys started this company and we love to hear you talk about it. We believe in it. We're believers. We're believers. So Great. thank you for, for coming on here and talking to our listeners and how can someone find you if they're ready to take that assessment, that first step that you talked about? Yes. Thank you. So we do, uh, we do have a website. Our, our website is, um, em fluent.com. Um, if you wanted to reach out to me directly, I love to have just personal conversations to see what someone needs. You have to sift through an entire site. And my email address is Shauna, S-H-A-W-N-A at mfluent.com. Awesome. Thank you so you're much. You're also Shana. on LinkedIn, aren't you? Aren't you Shauna? Oh, on LinkedIn? yes, of course. Yes. If you find me, Shauna Reed, I'm on LinkedIn. Um, absolutely hit me up there. That seems to be the new thing as well. So Yep. And Shauna is actually very active on LinkedIn. She's always giving good tidbits of information for businesses. Yeah. Thought provoking posts. So follow her on LinkedIn. Shauna, thank you so much again. 
thank you both for having me. Uh, it feels like there's so much to talk about. I hope I didn't uh, confuse anyone, but would love to have a conversation or be a part of this again. That's all for this episode of the Inspire the Vibe podcast. Thank you for listening. And are you feeling inspired? If you're a business owner who's ready to grow your business, feel confident about your brand's image, and reach new levels of success, then let's meet. Follow us at Inspire the Vibe or visit inspiredvibe.com. That's inspiredvibe.com. You've given everything to your business. You deserve to see it succeed. Until next time, stay inspired.